Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome back to the Lantern Recycling Podcast with Benji Nice. And this is the Group Palmer FDJ 2021 preview. We're recording this after the conclusion of the Tour de Passage and Tour de Provence, as well as Grand Prix Cyclist La Marseillaise. And I think Almeria, I can't remember if FDJ even went there or not, but we're, gonna, we're not going to pretend like those races haven't happened yet. We're recording it after that. So we'll use that information in this preview as best we can we are recording before the uae tour though victories for fdj in 2020 quick 2020 season review then we'll have transfers then we'll pick their teams for the monuments and grand tours and then we'll have our hot takes predictions um but benji 20 wins in 2020 but 24 wins in 2019 i still think the 2020 season was better six or seven world tour level wins six grand tour stage wins compared to two grand tour stage wins in 2019 and I think three or four world tour level wins in 2019. So I think they're missing just a few wins from races that didn't even happen in 2020 that they usually rack up wins at some of those smaller 1-1 French races. But how did you rate the FDJ season, bearing in mind the Pinot Tour de France disappointment? Honestly, a pretty good season, and it's 20 victories. When you think about FDJ, you're like, that's a good number. But looking more into these victories, it's very centered around one rider, and perhaps a second rider that has two high-end victories as well in 2020. Well, obviously, it's Arnaud Demar. He started off with a splendid post-COVID period. I think pre-COVID, he didn't do too much. But post-COVID, he started off with Milano-Torino. Great sprint there against the better sprinters in the world. Then went to Tour de Wallonie. Ewan was there as well and such. And he just he just brought it home. Like, two stages, the entire GC. And the last stage being an absolute monster of the hill stage as well. So... Great stuff. Then he went to a, a low-key French race to Plateau Charente and on that one got three victories as well. And it really kicked off, to be honest, once the Giro started for their World Tour victories, I'd say. Um, yeah, obviously, plenty of stage wins for them are in, in the Giro. And I think 70% of their victories in 2020 were Arnaud Demar, which is with a sprinter of that caliber last season. Definitely an overperformance compared to his previous performances in previous years. So it was probably one of Demar's best years ever, I would dare to say. Um, and then eventually they also went to La Vuelta and they had Godu, who took away two stages. I, uh, I'm unsure whether we started to go for GC at the start or he already at the start said, I'm going for stage wins. I don't remember that. But in the end, very good, very good results for Godu and... He showed that he's one of the stronger climbers in breakaways, and I wouldn't be surprised if he gets finally his opportunity for actual GC in a Grand Tour in uh, 2021. Now that, uh, well, Pino, I don't know, Pino said that he wanted to change something in his career. It looks like he's going to uh, the Giro for that exact reason, and as a consequence, it wouldn't surprise me if Godu ends up at the Tour de France as their GC person, but Demar is obviously going to be their main man, I think. But we'll go into that later anyway. 2020, I think it's a 
definitely a bit above par, all thanks to Demar and perhaps a tiny bit for Godou as well. Yeah, Godou's stage hunting the world tour was really nice. Uh, but Demar really, I mean, let's talk about him quickly, Benji, and maybe revisit our conversation we had in the, the awards podcast. 2020, he was he was both of our best sprinter of the year, right? He was mine, wasn't he? I uh, he was in our Caleb top three. Beard. I'm not sure he was our yeah. best one. Um, I thought I thought we picked him. I don't know. I've, I still yeah. I don't remember. There's no. <laughs> I generally don't I'm pretty remember. sure I picked him because I was like, if I pick you, and then uh, people will come for me. I'm pretty sure I picked Demar, um, and that was basically because he showed a lot. Sort of, he showed something different at Tour de Wallonie, uh, and then he beat all the best guys or most of the best guys at Milano Torino. And obviously the Giro was great, but then I know he might have been unwell at Tour de la Provence, but man, he had a bad Tour de la Provence. Um, not just because it's not all about winning, but he wasn't even in the top tens. So, yeah. or he was in the first stage, but then second stage, nowhere. Fourth stage, pure sprint as well, nowhere. Uh, and then I went back and looked at the, the Giro startless Benji. And I guess I'm, I'm four grand tour stage wins. You can never take that away from him. That's a really good result. I understand that. I'm just saying that winning one stage and winning four stages against that field, I'm not sure the third and fourth stages then prove that he is the best sprinter or even a top three sprinter in the world. Um, I think there is still a consistency question mark over DeMar. He had one outstanding Giro. He beat Gaviria, who was in the midst of second COVID, apparently. Sagan, who's not all that anymore. Viviani, who didn't win a race all season and was terrible. And Hodge at Quickstep, who might be getting cut this year. So... I don't know. I feel like, and I got caught up in it too. I was like, man, that Giro, unstoppable. But the strength of competition, if we're honest, wasn't that good. Now at Tour de Provence, again, as I said, sickness or whatever, silly season might have made a difference. But I'm, I'm going to watch, what I'm saying, Benji, is I'm going to watch Damar really closely to see if it wasn't just um, a, a good couple of weeks and week competition. Do you think I'm overreacting to this early part of the season because bear in mind 2019 if you go and look at his results he wasn't near nearly a top guy up there with you and Bennett and Ackerman or Groenewegen. Yeah true and in 2020 I think we uh we all were into the hype of Arnaud Omar a bit when he started winning a lot of races but like looking at half of his races they are races that he should be winning at the start the Tour de Luxembourg he should be winning a stage and the Tour Pato Charente he should be winning Almost every sprint that happens with that competition. And he does that, but does that confirm that he's the best in the world? No, because the competition isn't there. The only race that he rode in 2020 that had the competition that I expect the best sprinter in the world to beat is Milano Torino. Um, and outside of that, perhaps Ewan had through the Wallonie, but Ewan was nowhere in through the Wallonie, so he had a bit of a uh, an odd week that week, it seems. So... Um, I kind of agree, looking back at 2020. And in the Giro, we indeed mentioned a lot, like the only competition is really Sagan for Demar and Ballerini, but Ballerini was not a top sprinter yet. I uh, also don't put him at top sprinter yet, even knowing what happened at Provence. Um, but all in all, I, I completely agree with you. And I think we, we need to consider what happened at Provence for Demar 
as an influence on 2021, but I also think there's plenty of time to course correct before any big races arrive for him. Yeah, the only reason I say that, Benji, is because I thought his lead-out was fine. um, Stage one, he had no business losing that, and they put him in a pretty good position dumping him on Askren's wheel. Stage four, I mean, Scottson and Guarnieri were there, I think, and and, um, Singledon. And he was nowhere. That was what was – yeah. That, what, what, sorry, what, what did you see in that stage four sprint? It, it was honestly quite super weird because with a kilometre and a half to go, they were in 20th position with the entire train and Demar in the back. Then 200 metres further, Scottson was already past everyone to the front with only one person in his wheel. Demar nowhere to be seen on screen. So they, Demar felt like he wasn't following Sinkledam at – any point during that moment and Guarnieri and every single time that one of the leadouts went back because you literally saw them moving back in the peloton to try and find Demar then they would arrive at the front again and Demar wasn't there again so it was like Demar mm. was not diving into into the gaps to try and get to the front he was not desperate to get to the front or was not informed enough to get to the front at that point so it's a bit of a yeah I don't know what the situation is, but it was clear that getting to the front was a significant issue that day. And with a lead out like Rupama, who honestly has one of the better lead out sets in the world, we saw that last year at least. And I don't know, they they tend to wait a long time in a in a sprint lead out, but still I think if you're a kilometer and a half from the finish line in pretty narrow roads, you can't expect to get from twenty-fifth position to fast. In, in like 500 meters and definitely yeah. not if your sprinter doesn't follow the train that he's on. And it's an interesting point, Benji. We've just spent, before you even got to the transfers, we've, we've signaled, signaled or singled? Singled out Arno singled. Demar to, to talk about him. Singled. Singled him out. Do I even speak English? Not really. To speak about him for five to ten minutes. I think that says something, Benji. He's he's the best rider on the team. He is their big rider now, not Thibaut Pino, which is my next topic before we get to the transfers. Pino came out with uh, an article. No, he didn't come out with the article. I think he gave an interview maybe a week or two ago, two weeks, I think, just talking about how he feels about cycling, etc. He says he doesn't want to be a leader anymore. He, I'm not sure if you saw it, Benji, but he intimated that he hates the pressure. Um. And he kind of just seemed a bit sick of it. And it, it was really sad to me. I love Pino. Like I really, if you've listened to me talk about Pino, um, yeah, I've been critical of him in races, but I also believe in Pino as well. Um, like NPCC, the uh, entirety of his career at FDJ, um, normal progression, just I really believe in Pino and he's got good results and he's been fa- a fallible rider. But, yeah, he just seemed to be, at 30 years old, falling out of love with cycling. And just like you said the other day, Benji, oh, well, what do you think about Sagan? Have you seen anything that suggests he he hates riding nowadays? And I said, oh, not really, like, explicitly, maybe a few small things. But this Pino interview was that smoking gun, Benji. Uh, He, yeah, he just seemed to not be in love with cycling anymore. He said it's just a brutal grind. Corona, I'm not sure if he said about Corona, but I've said this. I think COVID makes being a pro cyclist even more challenging. And, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, Benji, if he retires early, especially after 
seeing what Tom Dumoulin has done. I'm sure Pino, he's a smart guy. He is contracted to FTJ for 2023. But did, did you catch that interview or snippets of it? And what do you think about Pino as well? Uh, do, you, do you think he's one of those Dumoulin guys who puts too much pressure on himself? I think it's a combination of everything. He's in a team that is perhaps very highly pressured because he was the rider that I think in 2014 got on the podium of the Tour de France. Um, for France, obviously. Um, and the thing about it is, obviously, if you do that, you're going to have the pressure every single time you go to the Tour de France to go for GC. And we talk about it so much when we talk about French GC riders. They get so much pressure by their home country to perform. And in the end, it's it's kind of sad to see that over the years, Pino has become a bit of a, a meme to some to a lot of people. And I think... We can agree that that is definitely a standpoint that a lot of the internet is taking on Pino sometimes. And this goes from whenever he, well, whenever he crashes or something, it's like, oh, it's Pino, it's, it's typical, stuff like that, to to like, yeah, just, just plenty of stuff like that. And all in all, I think that it's also a combination. He's also kind of in the sense that every time something happens to him, it seems like he's he's having hard time pulling through and perhaps that's just me misinterpreting everything that happens to him but i do see that as as part of the problem here but in that interview we also spoke about just the cycling of 2021 the the current cycling that he doesn't like anymore the change in cycling and we may, you mentioned them mpcc or mcpp i don't i don't know the correct abbreviation but um like stuff like that and, and ketones and all that stuff was also in the interview and he he doesn't seem too hyped about that being a deal in, in cycling and that mattering and that I think he wants a sport to be solely based on the sportive end and we know that's that's not the case and I don't know. Yeah, I kind of understand that, but on the other end, as long as things are allowed, people are gonna do it. So so I don't really know if if what he says will lead to anything because yeah it's it's kind of cyclists yells at cloud mean yeah I know and there's been a bit of that this off season um, I'd love to hopefully with Pino taking a different turn which is maybe doing the Giro maybe stage hunting he he's not going for GC at the Tour de France I'm pretty sure I hope he doesn't I really hope he doesn't and I don't think he will I think. It's going to be Demar time, um, even from not even from like a, you know, what's best for Pino perspective. I think for a what's best for FDJ perspective, it has to be Demar time. We'll get to that when we select their Tour de France team. Now onto their transfers. Twenty twenty out was Mark Saro, who was like a sort of mid level sprinter, able to clean up a one one race, maybe do well ish top fives at a one pro or two pro stage. Uh, Mark Sero has gone to Azizar Citroen. I don't think he's too young. French rider, um, but pretty consistent. I think he might, Benji, have won the uh, like the French Cup. He's 27. He might have won the French Cup because uh, he, yeah, he won in 2019, Paris-Bourges, etc. Um, so he's a couple of wins out the door. Kylian Franchini has gone to Quebec Assos, the Swiss rider. He, again, is 27 years old, so... He's on his third contract now. He's a BMC, then FDJ. He's, uh, I think he's a mountain domestique. He won a 
GC at the uh, Valo Dostin Mont Blanc four years ago, five years ago. Um, Don't think that will matter too much for them. But in Benji, other a couple of riders I like, and I'll see what you think. Valter from CCC, the Hungarian. Me and you were like, (laughs) said he was going to win seven stages at Shiro last year. Um, Matteo Badalati, Swiss rider from ISU. He did well at Sibiu Tour on the, in the mountains and was consistent uh, in Romania last year behind um, the the big Bora boys, Mulberger and Conrad. Uh, Clement Davy from the Conti team, FTJ Conti team, French rider. He's already been on the front in Provence. Looks to be an engine type on the flat, bringing back brakes for Arno Demar. And Lars Vandenberg as well from the Conti team, who is 22. I don't have much insight on him, but what do you make of their transfers, Benji? Not too much, to be honest. No big name, no bar day leaving or anything like that. Yeah, there's no big change, but I do uh, I do appreciate the incoming transfers of Walter and Badilati. Um, the other two are riders that come from their, their feeder team, their development team, the Kid Continental Gupama. And Lars van den Berg is a bit of a... Um, He's a rider that could do well at, like, Wallonie. I think he did well at Wallonie, actually, last year. I think top 30 somewhere and, like, top 20s in stage or something along those lines. Um, and eventually, like, uh, he also had a good result in Stefan Zwolle, which is a bit of a... was written as a bit of a classic race in 2020. So I think he fits well on those terrains. Could be useful for the team. They don't have... Like all-out strength there because well, Demar is a kind of rider that does well at Paris Roubaix. He, he's done well in in the past top ten, I think, in Paris Roubaix. But you know that with his calendar, he's unlikely to ride Paris Roubaix every year, and I think that's why it's also good that they add more and more uh, cobble-able riders to their team as well to try and fill the gaps where necessary and join those races as well where necessary. Valtra, I've got a, a really good feeling about this man's career. He uh, won Hungary last year, Tour de Hungary, and he won that ahead of Quinn Simmons, I think, and yes. Bagarotti as well. Yes, in the top four. Yes. So not the biggest climbers, but also um, it wasn't also really a, a climbing race. I think the last it stage was an uphill finish. Wasn't a pure climb. Um, yeah, it wasn't a pure. Wasn't a big climb. Yeah, yeah. what I would like to see him do. I like to see him go in breakaways in, in ground tours and try and aim for a breakaway stage run before he ventures into the GC stuff in the future. We know that he can ride a GC from the um, Avenir 2019, I think, b- before he joined. Uh, well, before he joined uh, CCC, yes. And he was pretty damn good in that Avenir, and that usually shows that you can ride a decent GC when you're older. And he wrote a pretty decent time trial on uh, Volobiadene, which is that Tour of Italy, Giro d'Italia time trial of last year that obviously Ghana won, uh, the longer one. And he got a 24th or something. So pretty good result. The man can relatively time trial. It's not top time trial, but it's on the level of like uh, a Nibli, um, stuff like that. So yeah, I do see a, a bright future for the man. And I really like him joining that team because he's likely going to get opportunities on Groupama, not going to lie. And then, uh, yeah, I think yeah, finally, he's, Lati, yeah, right. Awesome. Well, like another rider who's won, you know, won two at Lavenir who did well there was Godu. And I see, I see, uh, Volta's path similar to Godu. I think he should be focusing 
mainly on stage hunting and experiencing Grand Tours first before concentrate. He's not good enough to be even focusing on top 10 Grand Tour GC right now. I don't think that's even a productive use of his time. I think he should be doing his max in the TTs that he does in Grand Tours just to get a level, just to you know get practice with that and position, etc. have a baseline data for future. I think he has more prospects with the TT than Godou, certainly. Uh, he's got a higher absolute power output, bigger guy than Godou. But, um, yeah, I think stage hunting is is what he should be doing next year and not necessarily pure mountain stuff, which people might peg him down as when they see G- GC Tour de Hungary. I think, actually, he doesn't mind a 5K, 5% finish climb in a reduced bunch attacking on that, actually, uh, if you look at that Hungary finish. But sorry, Benji, Badalati, your view on him. Yeah, I honestly was going to ask you what you think of him. I think you spoke about him quite a few times for uh, a Grand Tour last year. I think it was the Vuelta. I didn't really show what we hoped from him, I guess. Um, but he's a pretty solid talent. I think he got third in uh, that Romanian stage race last year. Um, Sibiu? Sibiu, yes. Sibiu Cycling Tour. Yes. Um, behind Conrad and Mulberger, so <laughs> a duo from Bora. So uh, all in all, he's got the climbing talent. He can climb. Uh, I think he also did well on in Antalya in that Turkish race. And he was also fourth in Tour de Hungary, uh, the race that Walter won. So uh, I'm not sure if he is better at the real climbs or at bunchy stuff. I would uh, need to know more about him before I can judge that personally. Yeah, I think he has to be stage hunting or helping Godou in stages or if, if Godou is going for GC. He's 28, so he's not on the same development path timeline as Attila Valta, who's 22. And, uh, yeah, so I think Adelaide's got to perform now. Um, another rider I want to talk about just briefly before we get into their monument teams is Jake Stewart, British rider on FDJ. British non, non-French riders on FDJ. I don't know what it is about them, Benji, but I always think they do well or they always pick the right ones. I have no data to support this at all. But the way they've brought Miles Scotson in, who, like, people are, oh, Miles Scotson, who's that? A lot of you, maybe, if you're not Australian. He won the Australian National Champions Road Race in 2017. He was at BMC. Um, he's 27. He was at BMC, finished off there in 2018 when he was 25, 24. Uh, he's got one pro win back five years ago. He is now the most in, one of the most integral parts of Demise lead out train third last man TT guy he's not the uh, not the final man not not like single Guarnieri, that final punch he's more the engine guy to do a kilometer fifteen hundred meters plus in the last three k's but just such a good use of that his his um his specialty like they they're exactly using him in the way he should be and I love it for them I love seeing an Australian as well integrated into their team. Uh, I think Jake Stewart is another example, I think a rider who was on the FDJ development team from a long time ago, um, start of 2019, he was on their Conti team. I don't know if he speaks French, but he looks really good. I'm telling you, two, uh, three top 10s in the five stages of Passage, including top 10 in that ITT that had, by the way, that ITT, I know you're thinking, oh, Passage 2-1, what are you talking about, top 10? Okay, well... Filippo Ganna, Tim Wellens, Kwiatkowski, Betiol, Pollitt. Okay, they're the riders who, some of the riders who beat him. Like, 
he was a he was a strong TT. That looks like a world tour, like strength TT field, and had an uphill finish too, where Gunner was uh, shelling time. He only won by ten seconds. Um, so Jake Stewart tenth there, and then he has seventh and a ninth in stages one and three. So I think he's real really one to watch out for. Twentieth um, in Sheldon last year, third in Eschborn Frankfurt in twenty nineteen. That must be baby Eschborn Frankfurt. There's no way. Yeah, it was behind Groves. Um, I think he's good. Do you have a view on him? Have you seen him outside of Besage, Benji? I think I saw him once in Le Samal last year. He was pretty strong as Samal was. Um, it's like uh, if you don't know Le Samal, I think a lot of people here will do. But it's a flat race. Uh, a few relatively difficult cobble sections, and usually it ends up in either a smaller group or splintered riders or a reduced bunch making it to the finish line for a bit of a sprint. And he ended top 30 there, but he also showed himself in one of the uh, cobble sections with a, a small attack, and I think I remember him from that. And yeah, in Visesh, he confirmed that he's, he's the real deal, honestly, like fourth in GC, but I was most surprised by, surprised by his time trial. Yes, it's not the longest time trial, so it's more of a prologue capability than a long-form time trial capability. But I'd still rate him on that regard, and I still do think that he's capable of winning races like Bessage next year. And I think this year he might be, become a part of their, their cobble team. I, I don't know what his schedule is, honestly, but I would put him in, on, on cobble races like... Oh, he's riding Omelope and Kieran. Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah, Perfect. I think he's he's actually good in a, a sneaky uphill finish, the same way Jasper Philipson is. I think they're a similar size. They're like oh, five, nine. They're not tall guys, and he, he's kind of punchy. He did well in Tour de Limousin in multiple stages in 2020, I think. He just came second on GC behind Luca Wackerman, two seconds behind him, and second behind Phillips in one of the stages. So won the reduced bunch sprint and an uphill sprint on stage two. So I think he's really one to watch out for, uh, Jake Stewart. I think he's super talented, very young, etc. But now into their teams, Benji. For the polls, I think we're going to have to split this up a lot because I think we'll vary a lot, as you mentioned, between the races because Demar is not a man for Flanders, but he could be for Roubaix. Stefan Kung is the one constant. Stefan Kung is for all these races, should be doing all of them. Um, we're going by PCS for their projected program. It says he's doing Omloop, Kerner, Flanders and Roubaix, so he isn't doing Ken Vabelhem. Uh, he's doing Strade instead. He doesn't seem to be doing Milano San Remo. But yeah, how would you plan that? I don't have a good handle on it, honestly, Benji. Is it just all Stefan Kung with <laughs> maybe some other riders trying to chip in, maybe taking Jake Stewart? Do they take do you think Damar is a real option? Like well, how do you how would you form their cobble team for pure cobbles like Omlu? Um, I definitely have, like you say, um Kung in that. I I'd probably put Jeanette's in that as well, Kevin Jeanette's. He's decent on those races, but more in a domestique form. He hasn't proven himself to be uh, a cobble winner, <laughs> let us call it that. He's better at the normal hilly, uh, hilly punchy terrain. Um, oh, what can I put under that? I think perhaps the likes of Sinkledum could do RVV, but uh, I, I see him more in a domestique role there as well. I think Sardot was pretty good at uh, Paris-Roubaix 
at one point in his career. I don't know which year, 2019. I'm going to scroll down and it is 35th. That's not exactly what I was looking for, but it's something. Um, I think we're kind of looking a bit hard towards a certain amount of riders and I don't think we'll easily find it. I think they're going to have their leader in those races, Kung, and then they're going to fill it up. And I, um, I'm not sure the Mar is riding Bay. It looks like he is, and it looks like he's racing quite a lot of these couple races, like Purna, Ken Wevelgem, the ones that can expected, uh, can be expected of him to ride, the ones that could end in a sprint. Brothers of London as well, which is a, a pretty much a, yeah, a harder one. And not exactly something I'd rate as ending in a mass sprint at any point. So definitely not in the uh, newer park where they have. So the Mars seems to be there, like you mentioned, for the um, for the flatter terrains. And I think all in all, we need to look at those two riders and fill up the team accordingly because it's a bit uh, it's a bit difficult to name specific riders for these races and say, oh, this rider is going to ride that and this rider is going to ride that because they quite generally could select quite a bunch of riders for, for these races. I um I think that's I think they got a couple of riders. Play. A couple of riders who might get a cheeky top top fifteen that we might not expect, one of whom already did that last year in Tour of Flanders, Valentin Madua, who came fourteenth, just eight seconds behind uh Boavanard and Mathieu van der Poel in the chase group. Now I know that chase group went slow, but still 14th for Madua, I think people were surprised surprised by that. Yeah. But their best chance of winning one of these races is clearly Kung as attacking option and see if DeMar can sit in. Now, whether that works or not, it's not going to work on the harder cobbled races. Uh, maybe in Kerner, that, in Kerner, that's a good strategy. In Hen Vavelhem, that's a good strategy. In Omloop, maybe, but I think... Jamar might not be doing that because he's doing, uh, yeah, he's got to focus on Milano San Remo. He's doing, yeah, I'm surprised not doing Omloop, but maybe he's that sickness or whatever. Is, he's got Paranese, et cetera. It's, his, his schedule's so weird, Benji. It's so weird how the, the Belgian classics are broken up with Kerner, then there's Paranese, then there's San Remo, then there's Ken Vellem and Paribay yeah. afterwards. It's like, how do you plan? <laughs> if you're like a, yeah, how do you plan your, your program? But anyway. Lana San Remo, we've not done a good job there, by the way, picking the team, but I think they're just going to put in like Brunel, Stewart, Mollard, Madawa, Kung, Demar here and there, uh, Scottson here and there, maybe for Kuna, they'll have more of a lead-out train. That, that's the sort of team I'll be expecting. Um, maybe Benjamin, Tomar, he had a good TT. Why not send him, see how he goes? He's only 25 years old. Uh, he's got a bit of an engine. So... Milano Sanremo, Benji, is it? Is Kung even going? I know, San, I know, Demar's won it, um, but yeah, how would you? Would you just ride for Demar once again? Would you? How would you approach it? Do you think he has any chance to be in the second group, chasing after the Poggio? He's done it before, so that gives him the advantage of knowing that he's he's got the skills for it, or he can get to the form to do it. Um, Kind of depends, really, because I think these days it's going to be really hard to actually um, have that second group come back on the podio. There's so many punchers that are out there these days that just strike away and, and get away on that podio that they'll need to have a bad season not to get away. And usually the likes of Nalafoli can also descend and 
it's quite difficult to catch them afterwards. Now, uh, I think the Mars should be their their main focus for this race. I think it's quite simple. I I I don't think they have too much else to go for. Jake Stewart would also be a kind the kind of rider that I would put in that race. And well, if the Mar doesn't get over it, Jake Stewart likely would, I'd say, over the Poggio. And in that sense, he could get an opportunity and could perform much better at Milan San Remo than most people would probably expect. And um, one rider, we mentioned it before, you mentioned it before for uh, for the Gobbles, Valentin Modua. I would literally put that rider in every single monument. This is one of the riders and that Mola. can literally perform in all monuments. He's so and good Mola. at all different terrains. Yeah, Molar as well, but I still rate Modua's Gobble higher than, yes, yes. than Molar's yes. Gobble, definitely. I think um, yeah, Mollard's a bit climb. Yeah, Mollard, Mollard's a bit. He might have to attack on San Remo on the Poggio. He's done. He's never done it. I, I just I'd like to see them do something different. I think Mollard. You know, if you got someone like Gianluca Brambilla attacking and Ciccone attacking at the base of the Poggio last year in San Remo, I don't see why Mollard and Madua can't be there. As you said, Benji, I think. Yeah, they're, they're, they're talented riders who are quite consistent. Uh, maybe I'm imagining Molada's doesn't have that punch, but anyway, I think he, I think there's no harm in trying. And I think you can't lay all your eggs in the uh, DeMar basket because yeah. it's a different era now to when he won. Um, I think the Poggio, they just do, they hit it so hard and the guys that get away are so strong that it's so hard to bring them back unless you've got two or three guys on your team, at least two, to work and bring them back. And the only sort of guys you'd expect yeah. to be able to do that are called like Lampard or Askren or people like that. And unfortunately, they're on the team of the guy who's probably gone up the road. Um, but on to Bay is Kung and Demar pretty clearly. I think, again, it should be Kung as an attacker, long-range attempt, and Demar just hoping it all comes back together. I, don't, I think there's no question that that has to be their strategy. But now on to the Giro d'Italia, Benji. Um, actually, sorry, we should do Liège. We should oh, Ardennes. I always forget them. Ardennes. It's a weird one again. <laughs> it's a weird one again. Like Pino should be good at the Ardennes. He should be good at Liège. Like, is there any reason why he's never done Liège based on Liège? Is there some overlap? Uh, no clue. I don't think so. But I do have feel like they have the capabilities of leaders in those races. I think you've got Godu, who's really strong in those kind of terrains and has a punch uh, that Pinot has less of. Pinot can also have a bit of a punch and a bit of a, a group sprint at the end, but significantly worse than Godu, in my honest opinion. And I would rate Godu for, for LBL, but the problem is with that finish in the edge, it's going to be more difficult for those kind of riders to to perform in that regard, but I see Godou doing well in, in these types of race. I think Molar, you mentioned before that you remember a punch from him. I think it was in Flesh Wallon 2016, 2017. Um, he got a really close result in one of those years, to my knowledge. Eighth in uh, 2017, so can certainly ride these races as well as semi-leader 17th in LBL that year as well, so I'd put Molar up there as potential co-leader, if not um, but his recent years have not been to that standard, or at least 2020. Well, to be honest, it was 14, 13 in LBL. So I, I'd put Molar as leader as well in those races. I would uh, definitely do so. Um, yeah, I think he's not bad. I, I, 
I think they should send Pino. They have to. I think they should send him. If you can win Lombardia, then I know it's not the same race, but just give the guy something different. Give him a different look. Change up his schedule completely. Give him something new. Okay, go to Liège, do a new race, different time of the season. He's a better one. Healy one-day racer. Pino, in my view, always been his class um, as a Healy one-day racer. So he's got good punch uphill. So, yeah, I think they should send Pino to Liège to just have something different. And if he's on form, he'll be nasty there too with Molar and Gurdou. Um, but that's as well Lombardia, same team. And I think they'll be, again, he should be very, very competitive at Lombardia. Although we might see if we're sending him to the Vuelta later, we don't, we don't know yet. <laughs> we might, he might not be able to go to Lombardia, depending on what we say about the Vuelta yeah. team. But now the Giro, Benji, um, DeMar cleaned up last year. I don't think he's going this year because he's going to the Tour. But uh, yeah, are you sending? Are you sending Pino to the Giro and not sending him to the Tour? That is the big question. Yeah, I am. Um, it fits him better when it comes to. Well, we're saying this, but we still don't know the parkour of the Giro. It fits him better. <laughs> we think it's gonna they, fit they get, better. I <laughs> just got. They just got to follow the neutral service vehicle and the motorbikes all day. They don't need to know what the parkour looks like. Just follow the follow it. <laughs> yeah, they'll know it when they arrive at the finish line where they land. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd put a, I'd put a, him in the Giro, and I. I go for GC. Like to be honest, the man is capable of getting a podium at a Grand Tour. He's shown that enough times in the past, and the fact that he's not lucky in a lot of years doesn't mean that he can't do it in the future. I think he needs to get over that feeling, and he needs to, yeah, he needs to. It's 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 not as simple as saying he needs to do it, but it's as he needs to try. And I think, I think it's worth it. I think having Pino as GC leader is worth it in that kind of race. And we know that the competition is going to be similar competition to the uh, 2019 Tour de France that he was really good at until he had his, uh, I don't know what it was, something with his foot, forgot about it. Um, and I would put a climbing team surrounding that. Reichenbach, perhaps, uh, I perhaps ditched the idea of having Reichenbach as one of his last companions, knowing that he, um, he basically lost a few positions with that as well. In, or at least time with that in that 2018 Giro where they followed Reichenbach in the descent and basically lost two minutes because of it. So either either they uh, use them only in the, in the mountains and not in the descents, or they need to decide some, some other tactic with Reichenbach. Um, all in all, I do think they can send the team to that, to that Giro that can support, you know, but also allow a youngster like a... Oh, it's harsh to say, see it again, but like a Linhard also should get an opportunity in a Grand Tour this season. Linhard has a pretty good sprint and also can do relatively decent on hilly terrain. He wasn't that great at Bissage though this year. Um, yeah, I, I try to combine it a bit between Pino GC team and perhaps some Loki sprinter subtle, perhaps give him the opportunity of riding for oh, he's sprints gone. in the Europe. He's gone. Oh, yeah, he's gone. Wow, yeah, wow. I was looking at the 2020 team for a second. Oops. They all sent Stuart. Surely they sent Stuart, right? I think the Vuelta fits him best. Por que no los dos? I have no idea what you just said, but see. Si. 
I said, why not do both? I know Giro, Giro, and well, to double. That's hard for a 22-year-old sprinter. <laughs> yeah, I know, that's brutal. Yeah. But I'm, an, I'm a bad person. Um, I think Madawa, I, th- I don't even, you've assumed they're going Pinot GC. I wouldn't be so quick to make that assumption. Why not? They look at, if you're them, Benji, mm-hmm. go to two stages of Vuelta. Why not go um, Benjamin Thomas? Volta, Badalati, Pino, and just try and get in every mountain break and just get that glorious Euro stage win for for Pino. That's what I would do personally. I would take all the pressure off him, not going for GC. Um, and, yeah, that, that's the approach I would take. So why did you say GC? Have you heard them say something? Is that what you would still do? You still think he's capable of top three if he wants to? Um or do you think that's just what they're going to do anyway? I think he's capable of it, capable of it, and he also gets paid for it. Like he's not getting paid in the salary of a of a breakaway rider. He needs to perform for his buck, and if he if he goes and wins to to mountain stage, it's all fun for him and it's all fun for that. But he's likely getting paid the salary of a GC contender for a top three to the France candidate. So yeah, I um I think. That also matters. And yeah, the human side matters also. We know that, obviously. But we need to look at it and, and be rational about it. And I think currently he is capable of getting a top three at a ground tour. He just needs to... Yeah, it's, it's, it's easier said than done, but he needs to get over the feeling that he's not, which is honestly harder than it probably sounds, but it is the case, I think. Yeah, okay, that's the Giro team, Tour de France team, Demar, full lead out train, David Godot, go do your thing. Uh, we're not going to give you much go support. Go do, go do your thing. Oh, that's so cringe. <laughs> Never, no one, no one clipped that. It's going to be on out of context later before the hour is up. Um, I regret, maybe I can edit it out. Probably not. Um, do is go to going for GC Benji? Is he stage hunting? Are there any? Are there even any stages that really suit him? Um, I think there are. I think this is the perfect tour to go stage hunting because I think there's, there's these mountain stages that offer nothing for GC. There's no benefit to going for a big move for a lot of these week two mountain stages to get to get nothing, especially if Roglic is in the lead. So I think. A break breaks will be allowed to go, and if you're in a mountain break with Godu, that's that's concerning. I know it's high level, like breaks last year in the mountains. So I just get in the break, and if you're a half decent climber, you just win the stage, right? And you got breaks with fucking Kemner and Martinez, <laughs> and they're like literally dropping Shuckman and Soler off the wheel. So it's it's not easy, but. Um, neither is getting a top 10 in GC when your TT is terrible. So I think I think you should go for stages. Now, whether there's some sort of legal requirement that FTJ have a rider go for GC in the Tour, I don't know. I, I do think with Demar, it, it really takes the pressure off to do that. So, I mean, what do you think, Benji? Am I missing anything as well? I think Mola will go as well as Madawa. Um and then you'll be sprint train. Is there any anyone else in the team I'm missing that should be going to the tour? And, and what do you think their strategy should be? I think you're pretty on point. Demar for the sprints and all, I go for that. And then riders who want to go for 
stage wins would fit better because Godu at Velta displayed that he can climb with the best of a of a breakaway, but he also went at eighth in GC. But it's also eighth in the Vuelta, which means that I think with the competition at the Tour de France, usually it's going to be really hard to get into the top ten of the of the Tour de France for him. It's going to be a position between seven and and thirteen, I think, if Godu tries to go for GC. Do I believe he can do well? Yeah, I, I do believe he can he can achieve a top ten perhaps, but isn't it more fun to win more stages like you mentioned than in getting a a ninth position in GC perhaps? Perhaps for Godu it's not a, we can't speak for him, but I'd rate two stage wins over over a ninth position personally. And I think Godu is one of those riders that has the ability of doing that. Now like you mentioned, the competition in Grand Tour Breakways and the Tour de France is is difficult, and it ain't gonna be easy. But he's definitely one of the top favorites if if he ends up in a in a reduced group at the front of a, a mountain stage fighting for uh, for the stage win. Then I dare to uh, put my money on him at the end of that stage. So I kind of agree with your with your entire story here. Huh? Um, when it comes to Madua, I don't know what Grand Tour fits in best, honestly. I um I mentioned I see him going or doing well in all five monument types and that also makes him able to do well in kind of Velta stages. I think I'd I'd like to see Madua try and do what Godu did in twenty um last year. Try and go for stage wins and perhaps take one or two home because I think Madua is capable of that. Okay, on to the Vuelta now. This is where we send anyone under the age of 25. This is this is my rule, Benji. Yep. There's no no time off. Arno Demar, you're going to the Vuelta. We got, we've got to get some more wins under under the belt. Um, we'll pay we'll pay yep. you handsomely, but Arno Vuelta, especially if I mean if he if he's chalked up some <laughs> some World Tour one day races. Maybe I'll let him have an early off-season from the DS. And Mario is actually a pretty human guy, so um, he probably won't. But, yeah, why not send him out to the Vuelta and go do, go do a tour of Vuelta double as well and send Pino to Lombardia. He'll be a top guy there if he's on form. And um, they did really well at the Vuelta last year. Godu was really good and... Yeah, that uh, the Vuelta sprint fields if DeMar's on form. And remember, Benji... Welter will be on around about the time the Giro was on, or now I don't know whether the climate will probably be hotter in Spain than it was in in Italy. It wasn't that hot in the Giro, um, so it doesn't matter what that point I was making. But yeah, why would you send Demar there? And uh, have we have we chopped up too many race days for him? I mean, all he, all we've made him do is the Tour, some one dayers, Paris Bay, and. San Remo and then the Vuelta. Like, that's not. Like, would you? Would you? Okay. What I'm, what I'm trying to make is sorry. In a, in a roundabout way, is do you take out Tour de Poire, Chateau, yada yada yada, the French ones? He just and Wallony and and those ones. Okay, no one's watching. Right? I don't care. Do you take them out where he's beating uh, <laughs> Viviani Attilo and? instead send him to the Vuelta and save his race days? Or, or is there some reason why he should do loads of those four-day French races? I'm not really sure. I think it also fits a bit in the DNA of, of Groupama that they ride a lot of these lower French races to 
show their colors at home and also probably allow the fans to interact with their idols and their team. But True. all in all, I do think that big guns should or could go at least to multiple ground tours. And we're looking at DeMar in this occasion, but also Pino, I think. Um, yep. Of course, uh, you say let's reduce the pressure going to the Giro and such instead of the Tour de France. But I tell him to the to the to the Vuelta as well, depending on how the season goes. Of course, if he magically ends yep. up winning the Giro, then it's not really necessary to go to another Grand Tour. But it's probably extra fun, and I think I think I dare to send the R and D to La Vuelta as well. But I think it really depends on how his tour goes. If if his tour goes really well, then it's less necessary to send him to the Vuelta to yeah. prove him extra. But I also think that at the Tour de France, he might bash into that wall we spoke about earlier, the wall of fair competition, as in going against the big guns on every occasion. And that was not the case last season in the Giro. So I'm curious how we'll go there. Will it be like the, the past years where the Mar was not at the reach that UNN so forth are at? Or will he be able to sustain his uh, qualities and bring that forward in those races to try and beat these guys. So it really depends, honestly. I um, If his tour isn't good, I'd send him to the Vuelta as well. If his tour is great, then it's not necessary, I think. Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, if his tour is good, maybe they'll want him showing off at these smaller races. Yeah, You're perhaps. right, interacting with fans, VIPs. You know, it'd be uh, like, yeah. Do you think that the mark could do well in the world championship oh benji what is oh world championships in flanders it's not so hard a course right it's not as hard as true yeah. tour of flanders is it it's more turner right yeah um i, can I, you, uh, so yeah. I don't know all the details by hard but it's not so hard i don't think i feel like it's not as brutal as it's going to be long because it's a world championships road race but i don't remember it being as Healy, I mean, the fact that Benji doesn't know literally every kilometer of this parkour off by heart and it isn't on his wall behind him, I mean, <laughs> probably my fault. I've got to send him an, a, an A1 printed version to put on the wall behind him. <laughs> Maybe I'll put, it on my, I'll put it as my green screen graphic uh, at this moment. <laughs> Onto our hot takes now, Benji. Maybe that could be part of our hot takes. My first one, Benji, Arno Demar does, does not win a Tour de France stage. I don't even I think he's going to come close. Oh, you don't? You agree? I was just sorry. I was looking at his 2019 season against Ewan and and Co at the Grand yeah. Tours, and it's just he wasn't near their level. He was like coming eighth and seventh, yeah. and maybe the lead up train's gotten a lot better. Maybe he's improved. That would be weird going from like 28 to 29 years old as a sprinter and improving from like seventh best in the world to second or first, but. Um, I don't think he's winning a stage of the tour. And I think, yeah, I think he's going to win under six races, which I think is a hot take because he does a lot of races where he's legit the only world tour level sprinter. What about you? What's okay. your first hot yeah. take? Um, well, I'm not sure if it's a super hot take, but I think Valter is going to win a, a Grand Tour stage. That's um, a hot take. That's really hot. Okay. Okay. Valtteri winning a Grand Tour stage, <laughs> and <laughs> wow! <laughs> um, 
And I think that I want to do the same thing with... I'm, I'm going to say that Valentin Madua will top 10 in three monuments. Top 15 in three monuments. Okay, that's better. Yeah, top 10, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> that's fucking <what>, three. Don't <laughs> <laughs> even, even write three. <laughs> top, top 15. <laughs> Top 15 and 3. Okay, Benji's obviously taking on my feedback. He's gone from lukewarm takes to just pure volcanic <laughs> takes. My God. Top 10 and 3. Where's he? What my nuts, cousin? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay. I mean, when, he does, when he does, you'll be like, I am a god. I am the god of cycling. Okay, that's super hot. I think this isn't a hot take. To be honest, he should do this, but I will shed a tear. Uh, and I'll have a full minute-long rant about it, but I think Thibaut Pino wins the Giro stage, and he's going to cry straight after, and I'm going to cry right there with him. Um, so that's not oh. even a hot take. I think <laughs> I think it's going to happen. <laughs> Madio's going. Why well, is that sad? It would be like a relief. It would be good. Yeah, I don't know. Sad. Maybe it is sad. Sense? No, it doesn't. And just skip um, what I'm saying. Okay, go to the next one. <laughs> Jake Stewart will, will win a world tour race. That's a pretty hot take, I think, for a 22-year-old. Okay. My other hot take is that need... Stefan Kung will not yep. win. Yeah. Stefan Kung will not win a single non-championship time trial this year. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was I was like, surely he's gonna put in the caveat about the Swiss national chance. <laughs> it's like if you say, Yeah, Bob Jungles, he's gonna go winless this year, except oh yeah, Luxembourg <laughs> nationals. Okay. Yeah, Kung, unfortunately, he's he's not the best TT rider in the world, maybe not even top three. Um he did come third at Imola, right? But all round, all round TT rider. I mean, there's not so many pancake flat TTs out there. So, like, if there's a bit more hills or a bit of a like a four percent climb for a couple of kilometers, then someone like Thomas is better than him, almost on peak form. Um, so, and then on the one day races, he's got a zero kick. Like literally, the man, he's never going to out sprint anyone that would be in the top ten of a race in these monuments. Um, like even Trent Trentin would completely dust him. So he has to attack from far out, but he doesn't really have the team to support him. He's just a solo operator and he usually has a whole host of other super strong guys chasing him back. So yes, that's a really good take, Benji. Um and I think I think it's likely that that that's gonna happen, that he unfortunately won't win. I mean, maybe if he gets right with the riders at Bink Bank, maybe Bink Bank Benji could win something. That would be his best shot, I think. I think Monuments, no chance. Um, maybe he'll, just to piss you off, go to like a chrono donation, which no one else goes to when your son ended one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> win, win something like that. Oh, you made it TT, not all races. I'm saying he won't win a single race apart from national champs yeah. all year. Um, anyway, that's been our FD <laughs> show. Well, I had two. I had two negative, one super positive. So that's uh, you know that's fair. I think Godu will have. I think Godu will win another Grand Tour stage. But that's again the guy won two last year. Not exactly hot. That's just a prediction. Uh, but that's been our Group Bum FDJ preview. I've really enjoyed it. It's. it's I'm going to be honest. I, I had a real struggle getting a handle on their team, Benji. Apart from Demar and Pino, which is pretty obvious. You know, Giro Tour. 
the, the cobbles and the various other races, it feels like they have a lot of riders, Benji, that just are all kind of good at a lot of, you know, all sorts of races, but not really like niche at many, apart from Kung, for example. Do you agree with that or do you think they're just an average team? So that's why we didn't get too hype about anyone. I don't know. I think it's a bit of a combination. And it obviously didn't help that usually we, we talk about the team a tiny bit beforehand to try and, and get into it. But I decided to snap my microphone in half. So all that time went away and we, we dove right into it. But uh, I still think we, um, we have a good take on what the team is. But there's just so many question marks because we are not sure whether the Mark can compete about the to- against the Top Guns in 2021. We're not sure where to... Thibaut Pinot is, we're not sure how good Godu is at, at GC for himself. It, it's all a bit of a combination of all question marks that leads to us yeah, being in a situation where it's it's harder to say, oh, that rider is going to ride that and he's going to be good at it or bad at it. It's it's sometimes guesswork here, but ballpark guesses always work, you know? Yeah. Maybe Benjamin Thomas of Altrosan will step up and make us look silly. But that's been our preview. We'll see. Well, this is our last men's one, I think, Benji. So we'll see you with yep. the women's ones shortly. Ciao. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 